the foundry old gray and metal to the core welcome to the brutally delicious old gray and metal to the core the foundry i'm bruce and i am nick and we appreciate you taking the time to uh, stop by and check this out. I know this is our like sixth or seventh episode and we're slowly building and people are giving us some constructive feedback. So I'm really digging it. Yeah, it seems like uh, people are starting to watch and also more importantly, uh, communicate with us, uh, send messages, make comments, things like that. So of course, if you are enjoying these uh, reviews, album reviews, uh, please uh, like and subscribe, hit the notification bell and then most importantly comment and share yes share on all your social media so that uh other people that you think would enjoy this uh get a chance to to check it out and i would say even if you've got some stuff that uh you think we should cover here because i usually get a lot of things in on my radar but it all there's no way to get it all so if you've got something that's sliding under the radar send us another one of those uh suggestions and we'll check it out yeah absolutely especially in the rock genre uh, I mean, there's just tons of metal coming out yes. uh, right now, which is fantastic. But uh, not listening to all the different rock genres on a regular basis, right. uh, that would really help uh, us uh, for the next uh, reviews. I agree. So speaking of new metal, I'm going to jump right in. Holy crap, man. I so love the new violence record. Let the world burn. I'm an old thrash head, um, and this band has got everybody in them. It's got Phil Demmel from Machine Head, Bobby Gustafson, I think that's how you pronounce it. I mean, I'm an old mm -hmm. Kill fan, and I remember seeing them back in the early 80s. It's great to have the two of them in the band. Sean is great back on vocals. This is a total thrash. Actually, there's a theme going on, right? Because I seem to always pick this thrash stuff. We had Exodus not too long ago. This whole San Francisco thrash thing I guess is somewhat in my veins and this record just kills. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I wrote down that, is this the best album they've ever released? I'm not saying it is. Uh, I, I, I enjoy thrash, you know, like we talked about right. uh, in a recent uh, episode. Uh, I grew up uh, as far as in my uh, metal, early metal years, uh, listening to thrash, uh, you know, had the license plate that said thrash on it. Right. So, uh, it was, uh, it was pretty important to me, but, uh, violence wasn't really a mainstay for me, uh, back in the day. So I did go back and listen to a few of the older albums after I uh, gave this a run and it's just so strong and so tight and so powerful. And it just feels like they have a command of their instruments. They know exactly what they want to do and how to accomplish it. And the vocals are astonishing. So you mentioned his vocals. Sean's vocals, what's his last name? Sean Killian. His vocals are sort of different than a lot of other uh, thrash guys. I kind of have this maybe sort of Tom Araya yeah. influence going on. I don't know if that's too far out, but that's what I was yeah. thinking when I was listening to it. I felt like it was, I, when I was listening to it, I felt like it was a combination of Slayer and Anthrax. Yeah, okay, that's perfect. You know, and uh, and then I went back and listened to some of the older stuff, and he's not that far off of what he's always done. Right. It's just that he has a super command of his voice right now. 
Yes. You know, which is just amazing for as many years as it's been. I happened to see these guys uh, just before the pandemic. I was on 70,000 tons of metal, and one of the last shows I saw was like 3 o'clock in the morning in this little ballroom, and it was them, and I was like, oh, my goodness, this is so great. And then they kind of drifted off the radar. I didn't hear from them until maybe six months ago, and and then we get this, and Let the World Burn is amazing. I wish it was more than a, a five-song EP. But yeah, it was too short. Yeah, uh, but what they have, I, I think, it's is super. I hate to use these phrases, but I mean, it's neck snapping, it's thrash, it's it's all in. It is. It's one hundred percent from the very first <laughs> note and the very first beat, and it doesn't stop. And when you get to the end of it, uh, like on my on my uh, app, I was listening to it on, it would uh, then just automatically go to a previous album mm-hmm. and uh it would always shock me it's like i'm at the end of the album already yeah i have to start it over again because i was just ready for some more i didn't want it to end um yeah really really astonishing release let me also mention it was mastered by fixed and mastered by two madsen which uh i don't know if you're familiar he's one of the resident geniuses in the metal genre especially the extreme metal genre we've had him on the show before and he's like the guy when it comes to doing this stuff and you can tell it's one of his his mixes it's just fabulous all around i think that it raises them up to a level that they haven't ever been before i would agree uh you know up uh higher up in the list of bands that you have to uh consider when you're thinking about thrash metal i 100 percent agree they're right up there and it's that whole san francisco scene which is really cool yeah, I've never been there and never been a part of it, but I kind of, uh, I guess, identify it. Anyway, sorry, we're, we're sliding. But so out of the five songs, I know you like to try and guess what I'm going to pick here. I've got two highlighted that are just just blowing me away. Can you guess? Um, Man, I would say, especially since you mentioned uh, his vocals, I would say Screaming Always. And um, I don't know. Yeah, my right, yeah. Pick, I'll just say it is let the world burn. I mean, how can that not be right. one of them? So, but I would say screaming always might be on your list. Yep, it is. It was screaming always and let the world burn. Both of those are highlighted. I just yeah, I absolutely love every song on here. And it's yeah. all it was, t- it was right, tough. Right. To, it was tough to choose. Yeah, uh, it really was. But let the world burn had some dynamics in it that really um set it apart from the other songs i think and that was the video too i think and it was really good that was a video i came across on youtube yeah great video yep so anyway if you're uh if you're a thrash head or even if you're not you're new to this this is a great way to jump in i think this is a fabulous album all around yeah i don't think that you can go wrong with this one and it is like you said going to if especially if you're new to thrash um Maybe you've heard some inklings of it before, or you just thought of it as being old bands or whatever. Uh, this has absolutely top-notch production and performance, and you are going to get a, a great schooling in what thrash is and what it's meant to be and exactly what's Yeah, from some great veterans. I mean, there's some players on here that are amazing, so. Yep. All right, so let's segue right into you then. What do you got? Well, I went a completely different route. Uh, usually do this time. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> uh, I selected the Scorpions, yes. Rock Believer, uh, and uh, you know I was 
I was thinking on the way uh, on the way over here to my studio. I was just thinking about the the band as a whole. And do you realize that uh, this band was already four years old when I was born? Yeah, it's crazy. That's just incredible. Yep. And um, and this is a huge album. I I think it's seventeen tracks. Is that correct? Yeah, it looks like I've got sixteen on it. So enough to be a double album, no matter what. Yeah. Yeah, I think on the one that I had, there is a um, bonus track. A different, yeah, a bonus track of uh, when tomorrow comes, an extra one. So gotcha. Um, but yeah, a long album, and that may you know be because of. Uh, not being able to be out and touring and, and releasing stuff the last few years uh, that they decided to put this many uh, songs on the album, but it, it, there aren't really any uh, sleepers on it. Uh, you know, there are definitely ones that are better than others, uh, but that list is actually pretty long. So I, th- the songs are really uh, catchy and um, you know, uh, Klaus is still writing uh, quality vocal lines. He's, Holy cow, he's yeah. not, his voice isn't as strong as it used to be, but I mean, that's to be expected. I don't know how old he is, but he's, he's 70. I think he's 72. I saw. Yeah. That's just in, incredible. He's so he just doesn't, you know, his lungs aren't able to push out right. like, like he used to, but uh, you can, um, you can still uh, recognize his voice immediately there is no lack in that. There's no lack in how pleasant it is to listen to him sing. And he does not write boring uh, vocal lines at all. Oh, so I'm going to jump in the guitar yeah. tones. I've always been a, a fan. It's, I think it's Matthias Jab, so I'm probably butchering that. Yeah. But same guitar tone from the from the early days. I mean, you could not even and hear Rudolph the Rudolph is there, too. Yeah, yeah, you could not even hear the vocals and hear that guitar tone, and right away, it's Scorpions. And and some of yeah. these solos are blistering. I mean, everything music-wise, taking Klaus out of the, the mix, is so powerful and so, I guess, Scorpions. I mean, there's nothing else I could say except it sounds like a great Scorpions record. It is. And it, it, can you... Can you believe they're still laying down these solos? I know. How many songs have they written? How many albums have they put out? How long have they been doing this? And yet they can still lay down a solo that I'm, that's going through my head uh, later on in the day. It's just, it's just incredible. So over the years, they've always put out solid stuff, but sometimes I've liked more some than others. I, I absolutely loved Blackout. That was a, and love it first thing those were like totally in my wheelhouse in my catalog for a long time and i think the new one here rock believer kind of ranks up there it's really really good it's really catchy yeah i think it's um a little more you know rocking i guess if yeah you want to say that uh then some of the stuff that came right after those albums yes because they kind of got a little kind of mellowed out a little bit yes and and there are you know honestly you 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 had mentioned in uh i don't know if it was just us talking uh or uh in one of the episodes that you really didn't like ballads all that much right um you're not a ballads guy for scorpions um yes i you know rock it like a hurricane whatever but uh the ballads um, were the ones that that I actually uh, really attached to. Um, right. They just had a different way of doing them. They weren't traditional. 
And that one was like the soundtrack of the like late 80s, early 90s, right? When the wall fell. I can't think of the name of it, but that song got so much play. The Winds of Change. Yes, that's it. Right. Yeah. And there's a there's a few uh, of those songs on this album. You know, right. some of those uh, classic Scorpions uh, ballads. Uh, same, you know, The Shining of Your Soul um, is kind of like that. A little heavier than Winds of Change. That's, a, that's on my list to talk about here because that's a little bit different than a lot of stuff. I mean, I was catching some... Yes ska reggae vibes off of that maybe is that too far out uh you know i guess that is a good way of of putting it 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 felt uh it felt tropical yeah okay <laughs> sure I, I could but go it didn't, you know yeah i mean which you know reggae vibes you know that, right yeah it definitely had that that feel to it uh but at the same time it sounded like scorpions so it did, but I think it also comes at a good point in the record, too, because it gives you a little bit of a break from the, the rockers. It changes things up a little. And then we go right back okay. into, what's the next one after that? Seventh Sun, which is another good one. Yes. Seventh Sun is is a song that I feel like is different than um, a lot of Scorpion's Fair. Mm-hmm. It's a little, um, I don't know if it's actually longer in, in time, but it feels like it's a longer song. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, it just takes its time telling you the story, you know. Yep. And and I really enjoyed that one too. Cool. So, what do you got for uh, favorites on this one? Uh, my picks are uh, Rock Believer. Uh, that's just a, a good one that you I think would be fantastic uh, live. Mm-hmm. Uh, the sh- uh, Shining of Your Soul is awesome. Seventh Sun is awesome. Um, but my top pick is, uh, when you know where you come from, that one just stuck in my head. And, uh, I sang that for weeks after, after the first time I heard it. So none of those were on my list. I really, Oh no, I love roots in my boots. Yeah. I think it's a great driving metal tune, but the solo, we were talking about solos. That solo is totally ripping. And then the very next one, knock them dead. Another killer intro. It's heavy. I think it's classic. It's probably Scorp- the heaviest one on the on the album. Don't yeah, you? I think it's classic Scorpions, and the solo again just blows my mind. That guy's can rip. I think he's super underrated when he when he start thinking of guitar players and people who get a lot of the attention. I don't know yeah. that he's mentioned a lot, but he's really really good. He is. And then the last one I liked, Hot and Cold. Oh, okay. I guess I wouldn't have uh, I wouldn't have guessed that one. So, yeah. So is is that your top pick? Yes, yeah, so my top pick, I think, would probably be Knock Em Dead. I really like that okay. one. Yeah. But those three were the ones I highlighted as uh, probably my favorites on the record. So now... Well, the last one is uh, is something that you uh, selected. And did you say you've been listening to them for uh, a couple of years now? No, no, not at all. I just, well, stumbled, heard no, I just stumbled across them. You were a publicist friend of mine. And... Um, okay. I... It's, let me just go ahead and mention, it's Eliza and the Delusionals, and the record's called Now and Then. It comes out May 20th. Um, I guess the best way I can describe it, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but catchy, hooky, and, I don't know, like alt-pop sort of thing? Does that work? Yeah, you know, I thought, I was thinking alt-pop when I was listening to it. Uh, I did want to get a little bit more information about them, um, and like kind of see what members they had in the band and that sort mm-hmm. of thing. And they have been described as indie. 
which I don't get. That maybe uh, I guess. I guess you know, but um, you know the reason I kind of was feeling the same way as you is uh, there definitely is this late eighties, mid nineties um, alt rock uh, vibe to it. I, this is going to sound really weird. Sometimes listening to it, I was. I thought I was listening to maybe almost a Taylor Swift vocal. Does that sound yeah. too far out? Uh, no, I, I also uh, Avril Lavigne, uh, yeah. maybe. Mm -hmm. I don't know something like that. You know, which which does speak to um, the the entirety of their sound. It it has the vibe of '90s, but it doesn't. It sounds modern. I agree. New. The production's good. You know. That's in my notes here. Really good production. I think they're from Australia, right? Yes. And yeah. I mean, I like um, it. She, Eliza is another one uh, that has a really powerful voice. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that probably the songs are uh, built around that as well. Um, although there's consistency with the vocal lines um, and with the delivery, but the sounds of the songs vary. So the vocals, you know, she has a sound. Um, she's not one dimensional by any means, Oh no! but she does do a lot of the same uh, vocal tricks or whatever that she has honed as her own. And she does them in every song, you know, or that's kind of the feel of the, of the choruses or the verses or whatever. Uh, but when you combine it with the music, because the music changes, uh, the songs definitely have different sounds as you move through the album. I like it. I like it a lot, actually. I found myself listening to it a few times, prepping for this, and it's catchy. It gets right into your uh, into your brain. So for me, these uh, this type of this style of music or this genre is totally not my genre right. <laughs> at at all. I I cannot um, I can't wrap my head around it. I guess. And I think part of that is that I'm less ambient sort of thing. Right. I'm more musically inclined, and this is really more about the feeling. Yeah, absolutely. The, the atmosphere. You know, it's just like atmospheric black metal. I don't really listen to that very much because it's the same sort of thing. It's creating an atmosphere right. that just you have to sit in and enjoy. And I don't really, I don't really enjoy that too much. Um, and that's fair enough. And that's why we kind of do this show, right? This last one for those who are just made it this far, we just pick it without the other yeah. one knowing what's coming and kind of throw it out there. And this is what you get. But, and you know, I'm sure there's going to be something I don't like along or don't really enjoy that much along down the road. So it is what it is. But as far as my favorites on the record, I really like nothing yet. And then the very next yeah. one, lonely. Those are my two lonely. favorites. Yeah. I, and both of those are near the beginning, aren't they? Uh, yeah, they're like four and five, I think. Yeah. And the one just before Nothing Yet, You, is mm -hmm. my top pick. I felt like You was the song you can listen to that gets everything that they do. And, yeah, I, I get that. And it, it can be like the representation of who they are. And, and they do more than that because that's actually a pretty uh, upbeat a strong right. song where they can do things that are really, really light as well. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that, the, the title track now and then 
starts out super light, probably the lightest song on the album. But by the time you get to the end of it, it's just rocking out. Right. right. And it's, it's the last song on the record too, I believe. Right. Yeah. And it's the title track. So, right. um, so it's a completely, it's a, it's a different song than you get with the rest of them. But, uh, for me, because it was a little more accessible yeah. for me, I think you, uh, was my, was my favorite song on, on the album. Uh, if you like indie, uh, alt pop music, uh, you, you, you'll enjoy this, you know, just because I don't like it doesn't mean it's bad. It, right. It's uh it's a very solid album. She has a great voice. Uh, she tells some interesting stories in the songs. So I guess if you've made it this far, we've got a uh, quite a bunch of or a variety of stuff to pick from, from Bay area thrash to classic, I don't know, rock and roll metal to this uh yeah. all pop so there's something here for everyone i want to thank you for making it this far if you did and please again like nick said go ahead and uh smash that subscribe button send us your recommendations tell us we suck do whatever you want to do just by all means give us some feedback yeah we want feedback on these albums especially the ones that we're not as familiar with because ultimately this is a way for us to expand our horizons and learn new things and it's going to help us appreciate uh more about the music that we enjoy and maybe even discover out, uh, bands and albums that we didn't know we would enjoy. So uh, learning more about it is, is the entire purpose of this and hopefully giving uh, you guys uh, some more information on maybe albums or bands that you have not listened to before. Awesome. Thanks for listening. All right. See you next hey. time. One Hit Thunder is a podcast where we both celebrate and have a good laugh about bands and artists that had just one hit that we all know. Each week, we're joined by a guest from the world of music or comedy to learn more than you ever thought you would about some songs that you can't forget. And we decide if they brought the One Hit Thunder or were nothing more than a one hit blunder. Look, if you listen to the show, you're probably going to laugh and I guarantee you're going to crush next time the bar has music trivia. Tag Team, Jane Child, Meredith Brooks, Looking Glass, Sean Mullins, Eiffel 65, EMF, Crash Test Dummies, Crazy Town, Chumbawamba. We have hundreds of episodes in our back catalog and a new episode each week. So pass the duchy, make sure you're connected, and subscribe to One Hit Thunder wherever you get your pods.